All right, Braves fans, let's get rolling. I am George McNair, and this is State of the Braves. Uh, and, man, it was quite a series in Los Angeles as the Braves take three out of four from the Dodgers. I mentioned last time, guys, that it would be uh, probably a win for the Braves to split against the Dodgers. Uh, that was kind of like the lower um, end of expectations, simply because the Dodgers have been just so hot. Remember, they were 24-4 and in August going into this series and yet the Braves are able to go into LA which historically has been a really tough place for them to play and they take three out of four uh, against the Dodgers against Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and all those guys and uh, you just have to come away from this series feeling really good uh, what about what the Braves did even though they lost the last game of the series so it ends on a little bit of a down note but when you look at the totality of not only this Dodgers series but this entire West Coast road trip uh, it was a very successful trip for the Braves. You know, uh, the whole Ronald Acuna versus Mookie Betts MVP battle, I mean, that was the headliner going into this series. It was what ESPN and SportsCenter and MLB, um, MLB Network was talking about. And, of course, that was all probably true, I suppose. But it was really the performance of another Brave uh, in this series that has me the most excited. And that's not to take anything away from Ronald Acuna, who I think made a great argument for the fact that he should be MVP. Uh, but uh, we, of course, have a full month to go in the season. And, and Acuna, Mookie, and I think Freddie all have a chance to, uh, to claim MVP. I think Matt Olson, with his, even though he hit a home run in this last game of the series, you know, he slowed down to the point where I don't think he has much of a chance that doesn't take anything away from the great season that he has had. Um, but I think those three guys are the front runners. Freddie's not getting talked about a lot because uh, Mookie has been just playing out of his mind. And of course, Ronald has been at the top the whole time. But if both of those guys were to slump and Freddie would have a great September, I think he could overtake him. But it does seem that Acuna and Mookie bets are the top two um, and they're going to battle it out for the MVP. Now that is secondary, of course, to everything else that's happening team-wise uh, in terms of this season. But the Braves come into this series and they take it, guys. They, they win the series and this was really important for them to win three out of four because it means the Braves have now won the season series from the Dodgers and uh, not only extend their lead in the National League for the best record, but also they earned the tiebreaker in case the Braves were to finish with the same record as the Dodgers, they would still be considered the one seed going into the playoffs. So that's really important. Um, at this point, uh, just doing a little math, if the Braves finished uh, with a 500 record the, the rest of the way, there's 26 games to go in the season, uh, they would end with uh, 103 wins, and it would take the Dodgers going 20-6 and six, uh, the rest of the way for the Dodgers to overtake them. Now, the Dodgers are capable of that. Remember, they had a 24-5 and five August, uh, but uh, that still means the Dodgers are going to have to play excellent baseball the rest of the way, and that's just if the Braves play 500. So I'm, I'm liking the Braves' chance, the Braves' chances, and yet uh, it is still true that the Dodgers could pull it out if the Braves were to stumble a bit in September. So they got to keep playing. they got to keep uh, the foot on the gas, and uh, they have some tough series. Going into the, the final month of the season, the Braves have uh, the 
the eighteenth toughest remaining schedule uh, in the in Major League Baseball, whereas the Dodgers have the I think the twenty third toughest remaining schedule in baseball. So uh, the fact is, the Braves have several uh, tough series remaining with teams that are in the wild card hunt. Uh, the Dodgers have a couple of those, but not quite as many. So. Uh, the Braves are just going to have to have their foot on the gas, and yet I think that the fact that they are going to be playing series that matter against these wildcard teams actually is going to benefit them. It's going to be more playoff atmosphere than just playing a bunch of uh, non-playoff teams down the stretch, and you kind of lose that mojo and, and lose that that October October playoff baseball feel. So, uh, anyways, the Braves are are you know has they have everything in front of them. They have earned their spot on top of the National League uh, currently, and with a good September, they will finish with the best record in the National League. Uh, a few things I wanted to touch on in terms of Braves news. Uh, the first is Rysel Iglesias was named National League Reliever of the Month, and I'll have to admit this kind of went under the radar for me in terms of how good Iglesias has been this month. I think it's one of those things when you're a reliever and you're a closer, uh, you you are not necessarily appreciated or noticed uh, when you're just doing your job and going out there and getting saves. And um, and he's definitely been doing that. And so just wanted to give him a lot of uh, a lot of props there because Iglesias, especially in the second part of the year, has been really really good. He remember had um, uh, some arm issues early in the year, was shut down a little bit came back, was a little rusty, but I would say over the last two months, Iglesias has been really, really good. And of course, he was great in the second half last year after the Braves uh, had got him from the Angels. Remember, he came to the Braves last year with about a four ERA. And then once they got him, he was one of the best relievers in baseball uh, for the last couple months of the season. So maybe this is just Iglesias. He kind of rounds into form in the second half of each season, but uh, it's great news for the Braves if he can be shut down Obviously, going into the playoffs, that's going to really benefit them. Uh, another bit of Braves news is Hurston Waldrip. Remember, guys, he was the Braves' first pick in this draft, uh, this latest uh, 2023 draft out of Florida. Uh, Right-handed pitcher with just crazy strikeout stuff. So he has already been called up to double-A, and I just wanted to note that. Uh, he's moved up through two different levels of single-A. Uh, and this is very quick for the Braves to move uh, any pitcher in, in their organization. So he got his first taste of AAA in Mississippi uh, just the other night. He went three innings, uh, no runs. It, it was a little shaky just in terms of he had a lot of base runners, two hits, three walks allowed in those three innings, but four strikeouts. And so the uh, the scouting report on Waldrop is uh, the command is the the biggest red flag or question mark. Uh, so he struggled with some command in this one, but again, serious strikeout stuff. There might be a little reason for this as well. If you don't know, uh, they actually use a different baseball in double a why, why they're doing this. I don't really know, especially with guys who are trying to, uh, you know, get better and make it to the big leagues. Uh, but they do that. And so going to a different baseball might be a reason in his first game where he's kind of getting used to that and the, the grip and that sort of thing. Uh, but that that being said, the fact that he is already to double A in his first year of professional baseball is very encouraging. Uh, it doesn't guarantee anything, right? Uh, as we know with pitchers, they can stall out at different levels. Uh, arm issues can um, 
can crop up, that sort of thing. But what it does is it, it probably speeds up his uh, projectability in terms of when he might debut for the Braves and, uh, you know, that timetable. Um, I think most people would have considered 2026 as when he might debut. Now the fact that he's already reached double A, if he were to have a really good year next year, um, then maybe 2025 is projectable for him, which is important. Um, remember, by 2025, it is likely, it's not guaranteed, but it is likely that the Braves will no longer have Charlie Morton or Max Freed in their rotation. So that has to be on the long-term mind of Alex Anthopoulos. It's not why you, you call a guy up quickly to double A, but it probably is at very least a small part of that decision to, um, you know, if you feel like he's ready, then you're just going to do it because uh, by 2025, the Braves are probably going to need some of these younger guys to start stepping into bigger roles. Uh, you think at this point, you have two potential rotation pieces with A.J. smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop. Um, and there's some other guys, too, that you can mention that might emerge next year. Uh, they're just a little behind these guys in terms of timetable. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach and Owen Murphy uh, are both at single A. Um, I think they're both at Rome right now. Murphy actually might be behind that, I should know. But, but they're a little behind where these other two would be. Obviously, Smith Shaver is knocking on the door, has already made a couple starts in the big leagues. Uh, but those two guys uh, have tremendous arm talent as well. Murphy was the 2022 first-round pick for the Braves, um, and Schwellenbach uh, was selected, has gone through some arm injuries, come back, and is pitching really, really well this season. Um, I think he is at Rome this year with an ERA under three. So the, all these guys, I mean, it's encouraging, but you just don't know from year to year what you're going to get with young arms. And the other guy that I would say just don't forget about is J.R. Ritchie. Um, he was a late first-round pick from the Braves in 2022. Uh, started really, really well. Very encouraging start from him and then had to be shut down and undergo Tommy John surgery. But he's a young high school, you know, he came out of high school. And um, Tommy John early on is, is obviously uh, typically not career-ending. And a lot of times people can come back and be stronger from it. So he should return next season, too. That's the timetable for him. So you really have five young pitchers that the Braves, and, and really more than that, but those are five that are kind of on my radar as potential frontline starters for the Braves. But, again, uh, smith Shaver and Waldrop, more, more so knocking on the door with smith Shaver at AAA and Waldrop at, at AA now. Um, the other cool thing, I will give a shout out to Battery Power that did a, a short story on J.R. Ritchie recently and uh, mentioning how while he is undergoing uh, a lot of his rehab from Tommy John, he's also spent some time uh, fundraising for victims of, of the Maui wildfires. And, uh, you know, I've seen a couple of interviews from him, uh, not that I know the guy um, and have really dove into everything about J.R. Ritchie, but every time I hear from him, he seems like a really solid dude um, and just very positive. And the fact that he would do this in the middle of all of his rehab would, would spend a lot of time fundraising for Maui victims is really cool. So uh, I'm very much pulling for him and hoping he can, he can get back to the mound next year. All right, 
one more bit of Braves news I wanted to talk about is uh, coming up at the end of this week. Andrew Jones, his number will be retired on September 9th. Of course, number 25 will not be worn by another Brave. So that's really cool. A tremendous honor that I think is absolutely deserved for Andrew Jones. He will become the 11th Brave. Uh, and then plus, of course, the 12th number retired is Jackie Robinson. But he will be the 11th Brave to have his number retired and just the fifth position player that the Braves have retired. Um, just as a, a reminder, and I'm sure most of you guys know the greatness of Andrew Jones, but uh, 10 gold gloves, five-time All-Star, career 434 home runs. Uh, and most of that damage was done as a Brave. Uh, unfortunately for Andrew, you know, he gave so much physically to his defense in center field that he was pretty much done by the age of 30. I mean, I think he continued to play about five or so more years after he moved on from Atlanta. But his age 30 season was the last season in Atlanta. Of course, he debuted at 19 in 1996, hit those two uh World Series home runs in game one of the 96 World Series um, and just was a phenom and a tremendous defensive center fielder, probably the greatest defensive center fielder of all time. Uh, a lot of people might argue with that in terms of Willie Mays or King Griffey Jr. or maybe they'll throw out another name. But the fact that, you know, I watched Andrew play most of the games in his career and I just cannot imagine anybody being better especially at his physical peak uh, than he was. Um, you know, Andrew was always kind of a frustrating player for me. He was one of my favorite players, but he frustrated me offensively to no end. I think he could have been greater than he even was. Um, I had always wished that he had stayed slimmer physically, which probably would have been easier on his body uh, playing center field and diving as much as he did. And, um, you know, I think he could have stolen more bases that way. And I wish he would have cut down his swing more. And he really, in you know, after about 23, 24 years old, I think he really committed to being more of a, you know, pull the ball, home run hitter uh, primarily. And so he really became uh, one-dimensional offensively, though he was, of course, uh, the greatest defensive outfielder of his day. Uh, but I think he probably could have extended his career by several more years if he had um, stayed slimmer, stayed in better physical condition. And uh, look, I don't know. I mean, there's probably things that if, if he listened to this, he he might, you know, just roll his eyes. But um, there are probably things I don't know about that he was going through just to go out there every day and perform at a high level. I do greatly appreciate Andrew a lot. Like I said, he was one of my favorite Braves um, during his time in Atlanta. Uh, but I, I do remember young Andrew was just next level. So I wanted to just for a minute remind you guys, uh, early in his career, his uh, where he was projecting to be, uh, I think, was an all-time great. And um, I really hope that he does end up in the Hall of Fame. I think he deserves to be. But there's no doubt that his career really spiraled downward, um, you know, when after he was about 30 years old. Um but at the age of, or sorry, through the ages of 21 to 23 years of years old, this was Andrew's number. So his age 21 season, he hit 271 and with 31 home runs. Uh, 
age 22 season, 275 with 26 home runs. And then age 23 season uh, was his best offensive season, even probably better than his MVP season uh, when he hit 51 home runs. But this, this season at 23 years old, he hit 303 with 36 home runs. He had 199 hits that season. Uh, he was, this was by far in terms of, you know, his average and just overall offensive play, it was his best season at 23 years old. And it really looked like he was rounding into an all-around hitter in every way. And I'm not sure what happened after that. You know, if you look at the years following, uh, the average dips to 250, 260, back to 270. And then, of course, uh, by his age 30 season, he really never hit over about two, 220, 230. Uh, Andrew is an is a lifetime 254 hitter, and I'm sure that number is one of the things that really dings him in terms of some Hall of Fame votes. Uh, even though he has 434 career home runs, uh, but nonetheless, you know that 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 trajectory uh, kind of um, went in a, went in a different way, right? As he got older and his body changed a little bit, uh, and he start started being just a home run hitter, but. All that being said, um, every pitcher in Atlanta appreciated Andrew. I mean, how many runs did he save in center field? I mean, some of the greatest catches of all time. If you just watch Andrew Jones highlights defensively, it's it's really special. And he did have that one season of 51 home runs. And you could argue he should have won the MVP that year. Um, but uh, we, we can certainly on September 9th appreciate Andrew. Uh, he will have his number retired well-deserved and um and also you know hopefully soon he'll be in the hall of fame i i really think he has a great argument uh i think if ozzy smith is in the hall of fame then andrew jones should be in the hall of fame uh, ozzy played a few more years so he has more war that he uh he piled up uh but in terms of probably the two greatest defensive players of all time that's probably those two guys and again with andrew just beating his body up in the outfield more, you know, he just couldn't last quite as long maybe as Ozzy could, but, but I think he certainly deserves it. All right, guys, well, let's go ahead and move on to the Braves and Dodgers. I just want to recap this series in game one, the Braves won this game eight to seven. Um, they had to hold on at the end, the, the Dodgers made a, um, a push right at the end to try to overtake the Braves, but thankfully, uh, Iglesias again, um, came in and shut the door in the ninth. Um, Acuna, this, I mean, this was Ronald Acuna in a lot of ways in this series. And he showed up early with a grand slam in, uh, in game one, made a statement and made history with this grand slam. It was on this swing that Ronald becomes the first ever 30, 60 player in major league history, 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases. Anytime you you do something like that that has never, ever been done before in Major League history. It is really special. And uh, the fact that he had such a great series and hit three home runs in the series does make me wonder if 40-70 is now possible. I think Ronald is definitely going to get to 70 stolen bases. He'd really have to slow down to not get there. I think he's at 62 or 63 right now, and he is at 32 home runs. So, yeah, he would have to go on a little bit of a home run binge in September, uh, but I think he's certainly capable of it. We've seen him do that throughout his career, uh, get hot and, and have these home run spurts. So um, as the Braves come come back home, maybe he can do that in the next few games. 
Uh, in this game, Riley and Harris also added solo shots. Uh, and uh, again, the Braves end up scoring eight runs in this game against a, a pretty good um, Dodgers uh, pitching staff, even though Lance Lynn was going in this one. I kind of mentioned to you guys, I thought Ronald was going to uh, hit his 30th home run off of Lance Lynn, <laughs> and that ended up happening. And the main reason I thought that is Lance Lynn came into this game leading all Major League Baseball in home runs allowed, and he definitely allowed uh, some home runs in this one for the Braves. Now, Mookie Betts also hit two home runs in this game, uh, this showdown of two MVP candidates. It did not disappoint. Um, but I do think it's funny. Um, Mookie Betts, his first home run, really both his home runs in this game tells you the story of just comparing him to Acuna. You know, everything Acuna does is incredibly impressive, jaw-dropping, uh, things that you almost feel like nobody else can do, especially from a player his size. And Mookie just does things good enough. And in a very um, excellent and impressive way, I'm not taking anything away from Mookie Betts, but, you know, both of his home runs barely clear the fence. Uh, the first home run wasn't even hit over 100 miles per hour. I mean, Ronald probably could have, and he, he might even tell you should have made that catch um, on that three-run homer off of Strider. But again, it's good enough. Uh, I, it's just funny to me that Mookie is like this far away from actually not being as excellent as he is. I mean, if, if um, he was just not quite as strong, then both of those home runs are warning track power, and uh, and yet he got them out. So. Uh, we know he's one of the greatest players in the game right now, but they definitely do things a little differently. Uh, Ronald's home run was 110 miles off the bat. Mookie's first home run was 98 off the bat. His second was 103. I think Mookie's, both of his home runs didn't even travel 375 feet. Uh, Ronald's go, goes about 430. Um, that's not what baseball's all about. If it's over the fence, it's a home run, but I just think it's a good representation of uh, their differences. Uh, Strider did go in this game. Uh, look, and he honestly pitched well. I mean, six innings pitch, four earned runs, looks like a ho-hum game for him. But again, that Mookie Betts three-run homer barely clears the fence. Ronald almost steals it, and if Ronald makes that catch, then Strider's um, his box score line looks a whole lot better. Nonetheless, four earned runs on only four hits. He did have nine strikeouts over those six innings. So I'm, I'm imagining Strider's going to come back out in his next game and continue to pitch well. But he does enough to get the win and the Braves to get the win. All right, in game two of this series, the Braves win 6-3. to three. It really wasn't even that close. The Braves at one point led this game 6 to nothing, And this game really, to me, was all about Max Freed. And I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast uh, that while Ronald really starred throughout this series, to me the biggest uh, the biggest news story of this series is Max Fried coming back to dominance. Uh, remember his very first start back from injury in Chicago against the Cubs was incredibly impressive. He shut down the Cubs and dominated them, but we have not seen that kind of uh, performance from Max Fried since then. Well, he showed up against the Dodgers in a playoff atmosphere and totally shut this team down. Seven innings pitched, no earned runs, only allowed three hits and struck out 10. And this was just absolutely vintage Max Freed in a way that just really encourages me that he can do this and will do this in the playoffs. We know 
what kind of competitor Freed is. I love that about him. Uh, he just locks people down when uh, the lights are on and the lights are bright. And he definitely did that in this uh, in this game. Every pitch was working for Freed, especially his curveball, which I think he has still been working to get a feel for. And he definitely had a feel for it in this game. He was working both sides of the plate evenly. And, um, and also one kind of interesting piece to this game is in the last several games, Freed had been calling his own pitches through Pitchcom. He went away from that. They kind of mentioned this on the broadcast that they weren't using Pitchcom at all, that uh, Darno was going back to old school signs, which is kind of nice to see. And um, I don't know if that had anything to do with Freed feeling more comfortable or connected to Darno, uh, but obviously Darno called a really good game and, and Freed pitched great. Uh, Offensively in this game, you get three hits from Marcelo Zuna, who has just continued to be one of the better hitters in baseball since the beginning of May, including a solo home run. Uh, Darno and Acuna also added solo shots. Uh, Darno's home run was a little bit of history. The Braves set a franchise record with 10 players with 10 or more home runs, which is kind of remarkable when you think about it. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but you only play with nine players at a time in a game. So to have 10 players with 10 home runs is pretty special. Uh, and by the way, if Pilar suddenly got hot, he's got seven home runs. Uh, maybe they could get to 11 uh, by the end of the year. Probably an outside shot of that, but uh, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, another thing I just wanted to mention in this game is how odd I think Dave Roberts manages the Dodgers. And I've, I've actually always thought this, uh, you know, all the way back to when the Braves played the Dodgers. I mean, they've obviously played them a lot in the postseason over the last several years. Um, but I just, the, the Dodgers have a different mindset, different strategy, and different way of doing things than the Braves do. Um, and one big example of this is the fact that he chose to sit Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman late in this game. He pinch hit for both of them when the Dodgers were down six to nothing. Uh, and this just highlights the very different styles of Roberts and Snicker. You know, the Braves have a very set offensive and defensive way of doing things. The Dodgers, uh, on the other hand, play most players all over the diamond. I mean, of course, Mookie Betts will go from outfield to infield. Uh, you'll see them sub out Max Muncie a lot at third base. Of course, he struggles defensively over there. Uh, but you just see a lot of guys in kind of these utility roles and moving all over the diamond. And then they do a lot of late inning subs. Um, and you saw that with, with Freeman and Betts. And it just seemed very strange to sub both of those players out in this game. So clearly the Dodgers are a little more, um, you know, they, they embrace uh, load management more than the Braves. The Braves really don't embrace load management at all <laughs> because so many of their players just play every day. Uh, you just don't see this from the Braves, um, especially in big games like this. And of course, then it's highlighted when Colton Wong hits this three-run homer and suddenly it's a three-run game and Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are out of the game. So it, it's just kind of a strange one. I also, Dave Roberts, oftentimes with his um, pitching staff, makes some weird decisions uh, in terms of when he goes to the bullpen and who he goes to. Um, but anyways, I, you know, it has actually benefited the Braves on a number of occasions over the years. I actually think that 
they don't do a good job in LA of protecting their pitchers uh, arm health. Um, uh, even, you know, Shelby Miller comes off uh, the injured list and uh, Dave Roberts, you know, th- he was on the 60 day IL and in this one, Dave Roberts threw him in three straight games in this series. So it's just stuff like that. The Braves don't do. And um, the Dodgers have definitely had some arm issues over the last several years, including this year, a lot of arm issues. So um, not totally blaming Dave Roberts for that, but it is definitely something I noticed over the years. All right, game three of this one, the Braves get a third straight win against the Dodgers in L.A. This was a solid uh, outing, though I would say uh, he was walking the tightrope most of the day from Bryce Elder. Um, Several innings were pretty... uh, you know, frustrating to watch, and I was holding my breath, but he was able to get out of most of this, uh, most of his um, troubles. Uh, Elder goes six innings pitched, one earned run, five hits, and um, he tightroped out of trouble to his credit. And he tends to do that. And one of the reasons he does that is he doesn't give in to hitters. Another reason is um, he has that sinking action, and he can get some ground ball double plays, and and that's exactly what happened in this game. Uh, also what happened in this game is Ronald Acuna just absolutely annihilated a baseball. He had the hardest hit ball in major league baseball this season on a home run to center field. Uh, that was a line drive that went 454 feet. Uh, this ball was hit at 121.2 miles per hour. It is the sixth hardest ball of the Statcast era, which goes back to, uh, 2015. Um, and it's the third hardest hit home run in the StatCast era. Um, the other two guys who who have the harder hit home runs are Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Both of those guys are like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and just massive. And, you know, Ronald is not that guy. And yet, he just is extra special. He's a, he's a special baseball player. And moments like this uh, just remind us of that. But that was the really the only offensive highlight for the Braves. This game goes into uh, extra innings, uh, and in the 10th inning, <laughs> things got crazy. So after two quick outs in which the Braves are not able to move over the runner from second, uh, Sean Murphy drew a walk. It was a good at bat, and then this brings up Orlando Arcia. And, man, uh, I just knew if the Braves did not score here, the Dodgers were going to win the game because, of course, with extra innings, you start with a runner on second. And um, and it did not look good for the Braves. And yet, on the first pitch of his at bat, uh, Arcia just crushes a home run to left center field. And this was just a huge clutch hit and clutch home run. And he's had several of those. Look, Ar- Arcia can have uh, at bats where he looks totally lost and he's not really in the at bat. But he comes up big in big moments on multiple occasions throughout this season. And this was just another great example of it. Um, and it was, it was obviously big. Uh, the Braves don't win, uh, if he does not hit that home run, uh, the Dodgers did not, did end up scoring one run in the bottom of the 10th, but that didn't really matter. The Braves win this one four to two. All right. Game four of the series. You just feel like it's so hard to sweep four game series against any team, uh, especially a team as good as the Dodgers. So you just felt like you were playing with house money here. And unfortunately, the Braves could not come up with this one. It would have been just next level statement for them to sweep this series. They lose this game three to one. I mean, on one level, you know, it's a long West Coast road trip with no days off. 
it's not really surprising that they might be flat on this last game uh, before they go back home. Uh, but it would have been great to win it, obviously. So the Braves and Bats were quieted by Bobby Miller. He's a um, uh, good-looking, uh, big, right-handed rookie pitcher for the Dodgers. Uh, Morton, in the meantime, struggled in this one. He's been so good over his last four or five starts. But he only goes four-plus innings in this one. Um, his pitch count just – he was not efficient at all. So his pitch count just kept rising and rising, and he got into a little bit of trouble in the fourth, and uh, Snicker just decided to pull him out uh, before he got to 100 pitches. Uh, but, yeah, he definitely lacked command in this one. Four innings pitch, two earned runs, six hits, and um, and he was done. So while it wasn't the worst outing ever for Morton, it was definitely one – uh, that was not his best, and he de definitely didn't look sharp in this one. To me, he just wasn't as aggressive as he needed to be in the zone. Um, now, Matt Olson, one one positive bit of news in this one, you know, Olson had not hit a home run, and um, I think it was something like 18 games. It had been quite a while, so he snapped his home run uh, drought and hit a solo shot in the seventh inning of this game. It was the Braves' only run. Uh, and, you know, this was a clunker of a game, uh, this uh, this game and the final game of the series. But just with pr some perspective, the Braves take the series in very impressive fashion uh, from the Dodgers. They go 8-2 and two on this long West Coast road trip, which are all always tough at the end of the year anyways, right? August, September, um, long West Coast road trips. You're just kind of tired. And, and um, the Braves played um, all three of these teams really well and uh, are coming home with a um, much-deserved day off today. Uh, today's Monday, uh, Labor Day, um, and uh, we'll get back to it on Tuesday. So with that, the Braves um, come home. They're going to be playing the Cardinals in a three-game set, and then they'll play the Pirates, who, remember, played them really tough in Pittsburgh. So hopefully the Braves can get a little bit of revenge on them and, uh, and play them well. So they play these two non-playoff teams, uh, on this um, fairly quick home um, home two two set series, and uh, and then we'll go back on the road. Uh, we will see the Braves play several teams vying for wild card spot in September, and I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I actually think this is a good thing. Uh, you know, the the Braves will get a chance to play spoilers against a lot of these teams while also vying for the best record in the National League. They'll have a chance to – they play the Phillies seven times. They they have a series with the Marlins. Um, they have a series with the Cubs near the very end of the season. And so all these games will matter for those teams, and the Braves will be playing in some playoff atmospheres, uh, whether they're at home or on the road. And I just think mentally this is a big thing uh, for the Braves. And, you know, it will just set them up, I think, a little better mentally and emotionally to to go right into the playoffs. Uh, all right, guys. Well, look, uh, that's uh, this episode of Stay the Braves. I hope you really enjoyed it. I love talking Braves baseball with you guys. I really would like to encourage you guys, um, if you've enjoyed uh, State of the Braves, to share this uh, podcast uh, with friends. Um, and I've just really appreciated your support, guys. It means a lot to me, and uh, I hope uh, you just continue to listen. All right, I will talk to you guys soon.